Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm Jason Powers. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Before we get to our episode this week, I want to mention our sponsors. First off, if you want to reach out to us, reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. Let us know how what you think, how we're doing. Got any suggestions for us, topics you'd like to see us cover. And now to our sponsors, Titan Home Lending. If you are anywhere in the state of Florida and you need to get financed for a home purchase, for a refinance, for a renovation, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, area code 205-790-1404. We work with veterans, first responders. We have access to conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans, jumbo loans, and everything in between. So reach out to us at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404, and let me put you in that home of your dream. Ultimate Health Plans. If you have a relative or if you are of the age to take advantage of Medicare benefits, reach out to Patrick Highland at area code 813-966-1052 for all of your Medicare needs. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm very pleased to uh, introduce you guys to a friend of mine, a guest. We, this will be our, he'll be our first professional coach we've ever had on the on the podcast. A guy that I actually played football with way back in the day and back in the '90s with uh, back at UAB right. with one Anthony Blevins, who is the assistant defensive backs coach for the New York Giants. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. I appreciate it, man. It's good to see you, man. It's a long, long time. You know? Yeah, we haven't, we've talked a little bit over the years. The first time we've actually seen each other on Zoom here for a little while, so it's great to see you, man. The the pride of Pleasant Grove High School, the baddest cornerback <laughs> to ever come out of Pleasant Grove. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's one cornerback that might have something to say about that now, but uh, uh, James Bradbury, uh, we actually went to the same high school. So Okay. Uh, he played for you guys, didn't that. he? Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually recruited him out of high school. Actually, you know, I was at Tennessee State. He was at Pleasant Grove. And so I recruited him and he actually uh, ended up going to uh, Arkansas State, you know, out of high school and then transferred back to Sanford. So, uh, but so he might have a little something to say with, say no, about that. Man, not my book. Not my book. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after Anthony and I played, we played together at UAB and I was, uh, as my last year playing as a punter and kicker and Anthony was coming in as a DB and had a great little career at UAB. Anthony played in the uh, – you were fortunate enough to play in the famous XFL back in the original XFL, XFL days. Uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. You know, Did you ever get recruited to be the guy to run to the 50-yard line for the coin toss? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people wanted that job. You know? Oh, boy. You know, got a lot of fame for it, but nobody really wanted it, you know? Yep, yep. Anthony, uh, Anthony played in the, in the XFL. He played a little arena football as well, so he had a good little good little career. And, and uh, first, we're going to talk to Anthony first. One, Anthony is one of the few men in the NFL, if not the only current guy, who is he's got his Ph.D. So we're going to talk about to Anthony about his academic uh, endeavors and what kind of prompted all that stuff. And then we're going to get into uh, Anthony is very familiar. Obviously we're going to break down the NFC and AFC championship games. He's, he's a, uh, he was a former coach with Bruce Arians in Arizona. So we're going to get his perspective on that. So first off, Anthony, what uh, kind of not uncommon for a lot of guys to get their, their, their bachelor's degree, their master's degree, what as a football coach, what prompted you to want to get that PhD especially you knew you were on the road as a journey as a football coach, kind of what, what prompted you to want to do that? Uh, to be honest with you, you know, uh, it just kind of backed in, backdoored into it. You know, uh, you know, I was coaching high school ball over in, uh, in Atlanta, up in Meadow Creek High School, up in Gwinnett, actually. 
and uh, I went to Mississippi State to go GA uh, as a graduate assistant. I was with Sylvester and Sylvester Croom and that staff. And, uh, you know, obviously as a GA, part of your deal is to take classes and, and I ended up being there for three years. So how it, how it actually worked out was like, I got my master's, I got my master's really quick. And, and at, at the time, I really only wanted my master's, to be honest with you. I, I never had any ideas of going on and pursuing a doctorate or anything like that. So, you know, so I got my master's, started looking for jobs and the, the jobs I was getting off for, you know, you know, D3 stuff, you know, some NAI stuff. I was like, well, I might as well stay here and go another year and did that and then got pretty close to uh, to getting my master. I mean, to getting my or finishing the classwork for my Ph.D. And I was received actually received a job offer from North Carolina A&T at the time. Uh, things in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I was like, you know, the receivers coach, and I was going to take it. Actually, I did accept it. You know, I was kind of talking to the head coach at the time. I talked to him, you know, for a couple of days, you know, kind of just kind of going back and forth. And I accepted it on a Friday, you know, and then I started thinking, I was like, you know, the, the job was only paying about 26000 you know. And and uh, before I kind of got into coaching, I was working at UPS in the corporate office up in, uh, up in Sandy Springs and Alpharetta up in that area. And you know, that's what I was making there, you know, so it's 26,000. So it was about $400 a week, you know, 400 and some change a week. I was like, man, that really ain't a whole lot of money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so that Monday, I, I thought about it, called him back. I was like, hey, I got to turn this job down. I got to stay here, finish, at least finish the classwork for the doctorate and then see what happens. Cause I was only like, at that point, I only needed like a summer and a fall left right. to, to finish. So I was like, let me, let me, let me finish this and then weigh my options after the season. And uh, it just it just worked out, you know, and, you know, when you start thinking about it, you know, like, you know, you know, it wasn't my plan A, but I got a heck of a plan B, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, uh, that's the one thing I think a lot of pe a lot of guys that get in the, in the that are in the coaching world like you that start out as grad assistants that maybe don't take enough advantage of is getting their master's degree, getting an opportunity to, to further their education, especially you know, you're working all the hours with football, but there's you, there's still that commitment that you have to go to class to some degree. So why not, while you're there, get a master's degree mm -hmm. as a GA? I mean, spend that time to do that. Yeah, and that, that came really, you know, from Sylvester. You know, Sylvester was big on the, on the players going to class, you know, going to class, being in class, being there, getting good grades. And so it just only, you know, he was hard on, on us as GAs, you know, like, you're going to go to class. You, you, you're going to be here and be a GA. You're going to go to class. You're going to get good grades. You know, you're going to stay in this program. So it was just a program or the culture of the program that he created there in Mississippi State while I was there right. uh, that everybody was going to go to class. What, 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 what you're going to do your job, whatever your job was. And part of my job at that particular point in time was to go to class. So mm -hmm. uh, that was just the culture that that coach created. And uh, I owe him a lot of things. You know, I still stay in touch with him and and uh, just a great man. And, and he just he wanted he didn't want guys to just be focused on football, you know, as, as the players and everything. He wanted guys that were going to be good citizens in society. Right. When they left the program, they were going to be able to get a job somewhere and not just, he didn't want them taking under, you know, underwater basket weaving and all that type of stuff. He wanted them taking stuff where they could really function in society and, and be a part of society and have a, have a life, make some money, be able to provide for their families. That was, that was his, big thing you know, I mean he was he was huge on that you know uh, I remember coach you know he would actually he would actually go to class and sit in the back of the class and check class himself you know see yeah. who's there and then he come in the team meeting and say hey you know I was in you know psychology 101 you know these guys were in the class and so he'd ask like you know four questions or whatever and you know, if you got them all right, you know, there's no running after practice. This one, you know, maybe you take off two or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, he made it fun, you know what I mean? But he, he was really disciplined and, and demanding when it came to going to class and, and that type of stuff. So, yeah. For those who don't know, Coach Kroom, Sylvester Kroom, he was the first African-American head coach in the, as an SEC and an SEC football program at Mississippi State. He had a long history at the University of Alabama. Those of us that have lived in Alabama know all about Coach Kroom and his his, you know, his history at the University of Alabama and his, and his, and his, uh, but how was it, how was it for you to be a part of that historical staff being the first African-American head coach in an SEC school, breaking that, breaking that barrier down? Man, it, it, it was great. You know, I, I came in the second year. So a lot of that stuff had been broke down, but as, as I look, as I'm walking through it and, and actually looking back on it sometimes, you know, like 
it was it was a great time to be there, you know, really, really great time, you know, and especially with what's going on now with the, the uh, hiring cycles in the NFL and even in college. You know, I think there's only one African-American hire right. this year, uh, Charles Huff, who's at uh, Marshall, who I, who I happily, you know, I know pretty good. We actually work together and uh, just so excited for him. Mm-hmm. But like it, it was it was amazing, you know, just to be a part of something that's going to live forever. You know, that's right. Like, uh, the 30 for 30s I take, you know, like watching, watching coach on the 30 for 30 or not a 30 for 30, but it's, uh, the ESPN the story, the, the SEC story. Yeah. Yeah. And just listen to him talk and, and talk about some of the things that, that led up to him taking the job. You know, the one thing that, that was really amazing to me or, or that stood out, I guess is probably a better word. It was like, you know, he turned the job down a, a few times, you know, and uh, I remember hearing and hearing him talk. He was talking to us as a staff, and, and he's probably told us publicly too. But like, he felt like he had to take the job because, as as an African American, you don't see a lot of people that are in charge. You know that. So so the visual of of what can I truly be? Like he was that visual of I can be a you know a head football coach in college football. I can be a head football coach in the National Football League, and and to have that 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 image right there in front of me was it's, it's important you know i think it's important for for us as people it's important for our kids to see yep. people that look like us being in charge you know um you know and especially in the sec not at a not at a small max school nothing against those schools but but you yeah. know a small division one school where it's, it'd be different whereas you're in the heart of the sec the heart of mississippi which has their own yeah. issues and all that stuff i think that was just a great moment and a great honor for coach Kroom and obviously for you to be a part of that yeah, Coach Coach Kroom, I mean, I, to me, you know, obviously Mississippi State's had a lot of success over the last couple of years, but I, I think a lot of it, you know, you know, goes to Coach Kroom. You know, I mean, he he got in there, he built facilities, uh, he got the culture built, you know, and and people came in there and benefited from some of the success that he had there of building it. You know, I mean, he was the the foundation builder. He he built laid the foundation, and you know, for everybody that came after, it's going to be easier. I'm not saying it's easy. It's going to be easier right. because he laid the foundation. And, uh, you know, you know, I call him a friend. I call him a mentor. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been fantastic to me, you know, and just just always kind of been there for me as my career has grown and and any challenges I've had. He's helped me along the way. Uh, so, you know, I, I was I'm really proud to be a part of that. You that's know? awesome. That's, that's yeah. great. What at what point did you know in your career? Hey, football is what I want to do. I know you said you had a UPS career in, in Atlanta. Was football always kind of the end result? Coaching football was kind of the end result. Obviously, given that the circumstances were at least manageable, right? Well, not not really. You know, like uh, you know, when I played in the XFL, you know, I tore my ACL, MCL, PCL at the same time. So at that point, you know, in my mind, I was I was done with football. You know, I was going to like go out and live a normal life, get a nine to five you know, do all that type stuff. And, uh, and I was working at, at, uh, at UPS and, and well, I had recovered, you know, from the injury rehabbing and all that stuff. And I was still trying to play. So long story short, I remember, I know you remember, uh, coach Pugh, George Pugh, he, he yeah. may have came after you left, but I, yep, I remember, I remember coach. yeah, for sure. So, you know, over, over the course of my time at UAB, you know, he became a mentor, uh, you know, obviously he was coaching, but he was a mentor. And, uh, you know, he left and went to the University of Arkansas. And, and I had this workout with, with a couple of teams. And, and it was a couple of guys from the University of Arkansas that were there. Hey, where, where, where's where's uh, George Pugh? Where's this? Da, 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 da. You know, he's like, well, he's in, uh, you know, everybody had a different deal for him, you know. So I got his number called for him, called him. And he was like, man, I'm in Atlanta. I was like, man, I'm in Atlanta. You know, like, so he had taken a head job at a high school or whatnot. And yeah. uh, so, so he did that. And, uh, he called me. He's like, "Hey, man, come over here and coach with me." I was like, "Nah, man, I'm cool, man. I'm cool on the coaching. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know. Like, I'll pass. I appreciate it. I'll pass, but I'll come have lunch with you. You know what I mean?" And uh, so I go up to the high school one day. We have lunch, and and you know we kind of walk around the school, kind of hang out, talk. And uh, so I'm, I'm there for a couple hours. And his kids come in in the afternoon. They're coming in to work out. So he hadn't hired his staff yet. So he hired it was him and a strength coach. That's all he had. And I was like, "Hey, you know." Until you get your staff hired, I'll come help you out. You know, yeah. like, you've been good to me. I'll come help you out. And I did it for about two weeks and said, you know what? I want to I do it, you know. And uh, 
and ended up, you know, teaching and coaching, doing that for two years, and then ended up GAing at Mississippi State. And and even prior to you know coaching in high school, I coached at Alabama State uh, one year, and uh, you know, and I was I played in this league, uh, the um, RFL, you know, the Mobile. And one of the coaches there after the season, he left and took a job at Alabama State, you know. And so one day out of the blue, he called me, you know, Coach West, James West, who's uh, he's actually living in Atlanta now. Played in the, played in the CFL and and uh, he's the one that really got me into coaching, you know. Like so, I, I blame him for all this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so he calls me one day out of the blue and it's like, "Hey man, we're looking for a DB coach. Would you be interested? You know, I think you'd be a good coach." You know, blah, blah, blah. so I did it for a year, you know, and and uh, I was like, I don't know about this coaching thing. It ain't quite for me, you know. But right. and I, you know, I I do it, you know, and I did it, liked it, you know, and and uh, we had our difficulties, you know, and. Uh, and then I got out of four year and that's when I went to, you know, did all the, the UPS and all that type stuff. Uh, or I got out of it for a few years, got out of it for a few years. So, so that's where it kind of, kind of yeah. ended up and then it kind of morphed back into it. So kind of God's way of pushing me back. Hey, yeah, you're supposed to be coaching, man. Get, get, get your butt back over there. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so your, your college career gets going a little bit. You, you work at a couple different places at the college level. You work at Tennessee state, Tennessee Martin, then you go back to UAB for a year to, uh, to, to coach DBs at UAB. What? First of all, how many times? How many times have you moved in your life in the last oh, few years? Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> good years. friends with U-Haul. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I got I got a U-Haul account right now. So, uh, <laughs> but but uh, man, I don't know a bunch. Yeah, I mean a, a bunch, a ton. You know, what I mean. And the worst uh, part is, you got to move within probably like a week. It's not like you got two, three weeks to do it. You probably got to be on the road within a few days or whatever from taking a job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, like, you know, the one thing, you know, like going from UAB to, to Martin to all of that, I mean, it, it happens like quick, you know, when I left Martin, I left Martin on a Thursday and uh, I was gone on Friday, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'd pack my stuff up and all that type of stuff. I was, I was gone, you know, like, you know, had the, the power cut off to my house, all of that type of stuff. Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah, so it, it happens quick. When it happens, it happens. You know. Uh, did you enjoy the the college level? How much did you enjoy the recruiting part of the job? Obviously, at the college level, that's a huge part of it. How much of that did you did you really like that as compared to the NFL, where you don't really have to do that? What what did you enjoy the recruiting part? I, I did. I did. I like being out on the road. I like you know kind of having my own schedule. I like building relationships with the high school coaches and. And, and part of the recruiting part of it, it helps you actually coach the players better, I think, you know, because the more the more you know about them, the easier it is to coach them. You know, it's easy, you know, you, you get a chance to, to know what motivates them, what budgets to push, how to push them. Uh, you know, you find you find a lot of that out during the recruiting process. So I, I definitely enjoyed the recruiting process. You know, it was it was at times it was a little bit difficult, you know, frustrating at times. Sure. But, but you know, but. If you generally like people, you like you like the recruiting process, you know. Uh, now I know it's all changed now since since I got out, out of college coaching in 2012. That was my last year. So even back then, you couldn't text or anything like that. Now you can text, and right. you know the rules are totally different. You know, so I know guys are tied to their phone, you know, all basically all the time. You know, but uh, but I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I felt I was good at it. Uh, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, recruiting is, is, is listening to, um, you know, because it's, it's a marriage, you know, like I used to tell people all the time it's a marriage. It has to be the right fit for you and it has to be the right fit for us. It's not that we just want you and, it, you know, and don't care how it works for you. Yeah, it has to. It, it's a 50 50. It's some give and take in here. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, so I enjoy I enjoyed it. You know, I miss part of it, parts of recruiting, uh, you know, the, the network that you build with your high school coaches, you know. That was always fun. You know, I always talk about some of the guys that, that you know, you just meet a bunch of characters. So, oh, yeah. you know, like you had to, sometimes you had to st strategically plan your day. Be like, okay, this guy, he's going, he's going to stop me. I'm going to end up being here for two hours. So I got to <laughs> make this, this has got to be the last stop of the day. You know, it can't, it can't be the first day because uh, the first stop yeah. is going to throw me all behind, you know? So, so, you know, I, I, miss, I miss, you know, some of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so you, so 2008, you get an opportunity to be a part. How, tell, tell, tell me about how you get to be a part of the NFL Minority Internship Program. How does that come about and, <laughs> and that experience? 
actually the first one I did was in Chicago. So uh, when I was at Mississippi State, the D-line coach, Brick Haley, who's now at Missouri. So he was doing a camp. He was, a, uh, at the time he was in, in Chicago as D-line coach and he was doing a camp in his hometown. He's from Gaston. So I was at UT Martin. Yeah, I was at UT Martin at the time. And so I drove down from Martin to, to help with the camp. So after the camp, we're walking, we're just gonna get something to eat and his phone rings. And, uh, you know, he answers the phone, He's, you know, and it's a, the, the people from Chicago at the time telling them whoever they picked for the internship couldn't do it, you know, for whatever reason. And the lady, I can hear the lady on the other end, it's like, you got anybody else that you wanna recommend? She was, he was like, looked at me he was like yeah I got got blev you know like you know so he tells her all about me and all that type of stuff or whatever he hangs, he hangs up the phone he was like hey you're gonna do the internship so call your head coach and tell him you're gonna do the internship you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so that's really really how I got the first internship in Chicago you know uh it, talk, you know, talk having, to us about what that was that during training camp basically a summer training camp deal yeah I was doing training camp I was up there in Chicago uh for about three weeks, they did uh, their training camp at Olivet Nazarene University, mm-hmm. uh, right there in Illinois. You know, probably yeah. I, I guess it's probably about an hour, hour and a half outside of Chicago or something like that. And uh, so, you know, basically, I was at that that internship. I just worked. I worked with the D line. I worked with Brick, and and uh, you know, it was really good. You know, got a chance to meet a bunch of you know good guys that I'm actually still in contact with today. You know, uh, you know, a lot of those guys. You know. Uh, Rick Haley, obviously, Eric Washington, who's the D-line coach in Buffalo, yeah. uh, Bob Babbitt Sr., who's the – he's a linebacker's coach in Buffalo, actually, and uh, uh, Bob Babbitt Jr., his son, he's he's a safeties coach up in Buffalo. So, uh, matter of fact, I just talked to him last week, as a matter of fact. So, you know, that's how, you know, you, you start building relationships and building right. that network of people, you know, and, and, and it was a lot of fun. You know, it, it really was a lot of fun, and that's really, honestly – like that's really what opened my eyes and said, you know what, I want to coach in the NFL. You know that that experience because I I never really thought about coaching in the NFL. You know, never, never probably you know never even thought I could. You know, uh, for me, you know, when I got into coaching, you know, as far as the goal was just to be a Division One, you know, Division One coach. You know, Power Five. You know what it's called it now, mm-hmm. Division One head uh, coach and. And, and I was content with that. But that experience, I mean, it, it changed my life. You know, it changed my goals. Um, just seeing and being a part of it, it just completely, you know, it's like, man, this is what I want to do. This is what I can do, you, you know. And it just changed my mindset uh, from from what I wanted to do or what I thought I wanted to do. So Right. Yeah, and you had two more experiences. You worked with Arizona and then the Colts and a couple other years during that summertime. What was your big – I mean, and so like you said – to me, that doing that experience, it's only three weeks, but the people you meet, the people that you get on, you get on people's radars of, hey, if I'm ever in the need of a, of, of a DB coach at some point down the road, I remember Anthony, I remember Blev back in the day working with us in the summer. So to me, that's you're, you're absolutely right. That's just a great opportunity for you to get on people's radars of, hey, this guy could do it. Hey, this guy's got some experience. He's worked at the college level and all that stuff. What was your, you, so you get to through 2011, you're still coaching college ball. What is your? How, I know you. How, how do you? How do you get hooked up with Coach Arians in Arizona? I know obviously Coach has some Alabama ties. You and I play. You played with his son Jake, who was mm-hmm. at UAB. So how did that yeah. relationship develop, and and he become a part of your uh, your, your coaching career? Well, well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, because I played with Jake, you know, so I didn't I didn't know Bruce, but I knew of Bruce, you know, and Bruce right. knew of me just obviously from being around and being at games, all that type of stuff. But really, it happened uh, through uh, Amos Jones, you know. Okay. Uh, you know, Amos was, you know, Amos and Bruce, they have a, a, a long, you know, historic type relationship, you know what I mean? Like, Amos was Bruce's GA at Alabama when he coached at, uh, yep. for uh, Coach Bryant there at Alabama, uh, then hired him at Temple when Bruce was the head coach at Temple. So they go back, you know, 40 years, you know, they go back a long time. So, so when Bruce gets the job in Arizona, Amos, he hires Amos, you know, to be special teams coordinator. Now Amos was on that Mississippi state staff where I was there at GA. And so we, we've always kind of, you know, stayed in touch and Amos has always been a a really big advocate for me. Um, You know, like when I was at Tennessee Martin at Tennessee state, he was at the Steelers. He's like, Hey, come to the combine, you know, like, 
you know, I'm gonna introduce you to people and all that type of stuff. You know, like you stay in my room, just get there. You know, don't worry about food, don't worry about anything, just just get there. So, you know, so we would I would do that. You know, just about every year. You know, every year I could, and uh, so that's really how the relationship worked. You know, and Amos calls me one day. He's like, hey, you know, well, Amos had already told me. You know, it's like I'm gonna try to hire you as some. You know, if I ever get my shot to be the head guy, I'm gonna try to hire you and that type of stuff. You know, and uh, you know true to his word he, he did you know and uh so that's that's really kind of how it how it all started you know and, and just kind of morphed into you know you know the arizona cardinals five years working working for boost uh you know five years out in arizona so give us a little give us a little insight on obviously i'm a big tampa guy down here and i love bruce and everything give us a little insight on coach arians behind the scenes and you know we see him here on the media and all that stuff where he is very direct he is very <laughs> blunt he doesn't mind. I mean, he's not afraid to ruffle some feathers with some guys and players and media people. Was he the same way behind the scenes, if not worse? Uh, all, all day long. I mean, I mean, what you see is what you get. There's there's no fluff. I mean, Bruce is going to do it his way. And he truly believes no risk it, no biscuit. You know, yeah. that's kind of his been his mantra. And uh, you see it in the way he coaches, the way he prepares, the way he calls the game and, and coaches the game. Um, and Bruce is, like I said, Bruce has been good to me. You know, Bruce has been, been phenomenal. Uh yeah, but Bruce is, you know, he's demanding, you know, but he's he's fun loving at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, I mean, he he'd always kind of he he has this way about him about, you know, he, you know, the first team meeting he always has, he kind of is always about your football. It's not personal, it's about your football. You know, and that's kind of his approach with coaches too. It's not about it's not personal, it's about your coaching, you know. So, you know, he demands a lot of you. You know, he, he's always going to demand a lot of you. But but it's never about it's never personal. So don't don't take it personal, you know, because he he you know he'll fly off the handle and <laughs> go off and all that. But it's it's never personal. I, I right. truly believe like Bruce, you know, Bruce will say some crazy stuff, you know, like just to anybody, doesn't matter. But if you walked up to him ten minutes later and said, "Why'd you why'd you say that to me, Coach?" Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. No, nah, no, nah, I didn't say that. You know, yeah. like I just think it just it just it's just the way he talks, you know, and it's nothing personal about it. And he just wants the best for you. And, uh, you know, he's going to push you, you know, you know, as coaches, players, he's going to push you. And, uh, you know, and it's worked, you know, yep. his, his style has definitely worked. So. And what I like about him is he's not afraid to say to the, to the Tom Brady's of the world, to the 53rd guy on the team, he'll be yeah. as direct and as, you know, blunt and as honest with him as, as with, like you said, from the first guy on the team to the 53rd guy. Yeah. And that's what I think, like, like, you know, people like. like guys respect that. They respect honesty. You know, you know, like guys know when they screw it up, you know, honestly, that they do, you know, yep. and if you go around and sugarcoat it to them, like they, they start losing respect for you, you know, but if you can tell them straight, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to yell at them. You don't have to, you know, depends on whatever you, you do, just be honest with them, you know, right. and guys respect that. They may not like it in the moment, but guys do respect, respect it because they, they know the truth themselves, you know. And one other thing, I mean, another thing, Coach Aries has been a huge a proponent of and been given a lot of credit for over his career is promoting African-American coaches, giving guys opportunities. He's got a, he's got a female on his staff here in Tampa. He's been very inclusive and very uh, conscious about having a diverse staff with Byron and with Todd Bowles. How mm -hmm. do you think that's, you know, I think that's one of his biggest credits and his legacies that he'll be as a, as a football coach is that those openings he's given guys throughout his career and women. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, I, I think, you know, that's that's the model that the NFL should should look at. You know, they should look at Bruce, you know, because not only is, is it, you know, African-Americans, females, he's hiring the best people. You know, that's right. been his deal. I'm going to hire the best people. I don't care about color or any of that type of stuff, sex. I want the best football coaches. And and that's all, he, you know, you know, he cares about, you know, is his best football, you know, and just so happened that, you know, the best Offensive coordinator in the league to him is Byron yeah. Leftwich. The best defensive coordinator is is uh, Todd Bowles. The best right. special teams coordinator is Keith Armstrong. You know, the best O-line guy, run slash run game coordinator is Harold Goodwin. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's just what it is, you know. So, but I, I take my hat out to Bruce, you know, my, my Kango. I take take my Kango yeah. off to Bruce. And, and uh, you know, I said I got so much love for Bruce and respect and because yeah. he, he's just – he's been a – phenomenal mentor for me in this league you know I mean he's a guy if I, if I call him right now you know he'll he'll call me right back you know that's right if I text him he's gonna text me right back 
just just a phenomenal you know person you know that you know I can talk to bounce ideas off of this is what I'm thinking nah Blev you, you, you know that's not a good one that's not a good idea you know no nah, I don't right. do that you know now this is one you should think about you know so he's been phenomenal for me and and I got nothing but love for him for his family you know obviously I know Jake for a long time and uh Jake's a good friend and just just the whole Arians family like just nothing but love you know nothing but love respect he, he's treated me well you know even after Arizona you know right. he's he he's called people for me to try to help me uh so got nothing but love and respect. Absolutely. So I'm always, I'm always a fan, you know. All right. So let's get to, let's get to, you've been in this round of the playoffs, 2015 with Arizona and, and Arians and coach. What's this week like for the team and the organization? You're the championship. You're one step away from the, from the, from the big game, the Super Bowl. obviously. What is kind of the playoff drive and preparation? How does that focus change from the playoffs to a regular season game? How does that, how does that whole atmosphere work well well the preparation doesn't change you know bruce does a good job of keeping the main thing the main thing you know and the main thing this week is just win the, win the damn game you know i mean that's that's bruce is find a way to win the game uh they're going to prepare the same nothing's going to change in, in the way he prepares the way he's going to approach this game um you know uh you know obviously they're playing in green bay you know you know it is what it is. Bruce probably won't even talk about the weather. You know, right. he's going to talk about execution, you know, right. and he's, he's going to find a way to make the weather an advantage for Tampa. I, I that's, that's just Bruce. You know, he's, he's going to find a way to, to make it an advantage, you know, some, some kind of way. I don't know how, but he's going to find a way and he's going to talk to the team all week about it. And they're, they're going to be prepared to play. I, I promise you that, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be well prepared on both sides of the ball. Well, all three phases of the ball, they're going to be prepared to play. Um, you know, but, but nothing, nothing really changes. You know, you just approach it as, as one game and you try to take all the noise outside of it, you know, take away the noise, take away your one game from the Super Bowl. All you have, you know, it's always been win one game this week. And that's, that's what it is. Win one, win this one this week, you know, and we'll deal with next week when it comes, but let's find a way to win this one. How do you see, it's interesting, This both matchups this week are rematches from earlier. Actually, the same week, they both matchups played in week six this year. How do right. you think that's going to play into anything, especially with the Bucks, who really smacked the Packers early down here? Mm. Um, the rematch is up there, and then you obviously got Buffalo and Kansas City. How do you think a rematch, how does a rematch situation come into play a little bit? Well, you know, it's kind of like playing, playing in a division again. You know, like, you know, you're playing the Saints, you're playing uh, Atlanta, uh, yeah. for them for you and, guys but, you the know, Giants and the NFC East guys yep correct yeah so you know I, I think it you know like I don't know if it favors one team or the other uh because probably that game was such an abnormally you know I think it was 38 to 10 or something right, like that right. the final end up being uh so you know this game will take on characteristics of its own you know but what you get a chance to see is how to you know we how do we approach it the first time you know what worked for us the first time what can we change what can we keep you know, this didn't work out so well for us. Let's throw that out. So it just gives you a little bit of insight into what tendencies, could work. Tendencies, tendencies. And those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, like a lot of teams will play, you know, you know, might play, you know, Todd Bowles' defense is different, you know, just because of what they do, you know. Uh, so so it gives you kind of an idea into the, in you know, uh, to the mindset of, of both coordinators and how they want to call the game and, and, and then, then from there, you know, if it's something different, then you just adjust to it, you know? So just give me some quick thoughts. I know you got, you guys had the opportunity. The giants played the bucks on a Monday night earlier in the year. Great game in the, up in new, up in the uh, MetLife stadium came down to the wire. Just give me your thoughts on the Buccaneer roster. You, you some general thoughts on the, on the, especially maybe the offense, especially cause I know that's where you're most familiar as right. far as studying those guys offensively so many weapons tom evans goodwin antonio brown the tight ends give me your thoughts just a brief thought on the buccaneer offense well i mean they're, they're tough i mean they got they got skilled guys i mean uh they got skilled guys obviously the quarterback's playing really good right now you know tom's playing really good he's kind of seems like he's kind of finding his groove you know it yeah. took him a little while but now he's starting to just just let it let it play and and but I mean on, on the outside they're unbelievable with you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know they added Antonio Brown who you know, you know obviously he had a little bit of injury last week but right. if he can play he's gonna play and he's he's dynamic I mean he he's a phenomenal phenomenal football player um, and they they've got so much speed on the grass you know with, with Tampa you know so much speed you know and they're doing a great job of running the football right now 
Uh, and I think that'll play, you know, heavily into to this game. To uh, me, but, the biggest change on that team has been their offensive line play. The offensive yeah. line has gotten way better the last six, seven weeks as far as even the run game and creating the run game opportunities and then obviously keeping Tom Tom pretty clean for the most part. To me, that's been the biggest difference in the Buccaneers the last six, yeah. seven weeks. Well, you can you can definitely see, you know, I mean, you can see the, the O-line, uh, the O-line playing together. You know, they had the injury, uh, I think Alex Cap uh, right. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I think I think Ted Larson came in, who we had he in did. Arizona, and uh, you know did a did a great job for him last week. You know, got settled in and and just played. You know, he's a, he's a vet, and uh, you know he he came in and did did vet things. You know, just came in, didn't miss a beat, and uh, but they're gonna be prepared to play, and and I'm excited. But they they've got so much speed on the grass. You know, Scotty yeah. Miller. I mean, like I remember, you know, we started game planning against him. You know, or not against him, but against Tampa. And you turn the film on, it's like, who is this number 10? Like, right. yeah, where did he come from? You know, like, like this guy can run. You don't need That's Mike right. Evans with, you know, he's got size, you know. Uh, you got Chris Godwin working the middle uh, of the field, running option routes all over the place. And got yeah, Brock and Brady running the seams, running the tight yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know, and Brady, he's coming on. I don't, I don't, you know, like, he wasn't really a factor when we played right. him. But over the last couple of weeks, he's played really good football. Yes. You know, I mean, he's been, he's been a go-to guy for Brady. And then uh, Ronald Jones, he had a great game last week. I mean, they they just been running the ball, and and uh, so I think maybe maybe the, the biggest surprise of the year is, is the guy you probably were knew a little bit about was was considering drafting Tristan Wirfs. What a rookie yeah. year that guy's had. He's made a lot of teams All Pro teams, first second mm-hmm. team All Pro. What a what a great job he's done at the right tackle spot. Yeah, he, he's done a phenomenal job. You know, because that, that's a that's a that's a hard spot to come in playing the tackles, playing the edges. It's a hard spot to come into as, as a rookie, but he he's come, come in, he's on the position and, and just played phenomenal for, for, for them this year. So uh, I'm going to be looking forward to, to seeing, seeing them play this weekend. You know, I'm, I'm pulling for them, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I got a lot, got, got people on both sides, but sure. you, know, I, you know, I got more, more in Tampa. So <laughs> give me, give me your thoughts on Rogers and company in green Bay Rogers, Devontae Adams. I know you, I, th- I think you played them last year. I don't think you played them, played them last year. year. Had them yeah, last, them last year. year. Give me your thoughts yeah. on Rodgers and Devontae. Oh, man. Well, first of all, Aaron is just – just he's unbelievable. You know, he's probably going to be the league MVP. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's got probably one of the strongest arms in the league, if not the strongest, you know. Because I hadn't, hadn't played against Mahomes, so don't know uh, a whole lot about him from film study. But, I mean, Aaron can just flick it, you know. He, I mean, he just – with yep. a flick of a wrist, it goes like – 70 yards you know yeah <laughs> so but that, that that combo between him they, they've got great synergy you know they yeah. just kind of play off each other and 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 Aaron can throw it up and the, he knows Devontae he's got trust that Devontae gonna go make a play for him you know when he's double covers you know got great coverage single one-on-one he's just gonna throw it up to him and some kind of way Devontae makes a play for him you know he, he's an unbelievable player I mean he's kind of just grown every he year is. he's been in the league you know I mean yeah. early in his career he had a bunch of drops and and now you don't see that. So that's a credit to him uh, of just the work that he's put in in all season. And, and so it's, it, they're, a fun, fun, they're, they're phenomenal to watch, you know. How, do, they, how, how does Coach Blev stay How does Coach Blev stay warm when it's 20 degrees and snowing on the sidelines? <laughs> hey, you layer up. <laughs> layer up. You know? uh, I, mean, I mean, that's really it. You, you layer up. You know, you, you know, there's a couple of little tricks that, that you learn from being up, being up north in the northeast, yeah. you know. Uh, but but truly, you got you to gotta put the right clothes on. You got to have layers. And then they got some stuff that's really extra warm for us. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as, as, as it probably, you know, you probably think it is. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what, what gets me is, is, your, is your fingers, you know. Like, you know, <laughs> you're wearing the gloves and you got to take them off to use the iPad and all that type stuff. And then, yeah. like, you know, you, you take the gloves off and, and – Two minutes later, two minutes your fingers later, are yeah. – you can't feel your fingers <laughs> – fingers are numb you know and once they get numb it's like they, they never come back you know like yeah. you gotta wait the halftime for them to come back let's go to the afc mahomes and josh allen buffalo kansas city have you guys have you guys played josh allen yet i have not i not played josh or hadn't played uh patrick mahomes either you know so uh so this one is just just off off the top of my head but yeah obviously you know mahomes got banged up yes i mean last week got a concussion so yeah. Uh, that that'll be you know, you know if he if he doesn't play like it, it puts Kansas City behind the eight ball a little bit. But uh, 
But if he plays, I mean, you got to go with Kansas City. I mean, it's just it's right. it's, it's just they tough. Some, you know? They got some heavyweight receivers in that game. You got Diggs. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Kelsey. Mm-hmm. As a DB coach, how do you instruct your guys? Do you try to get them to pick up one or two little tendencies on a guy, how he runs routes. What are some of the little tidbits that you try to instill into your DBs to pick up these guys on film? Well, you, you know, you try to try to see how they run routes, see splits. What what routes are you getting from different splits? And then if you can just pick up one thing, two things, it just it allows you to play faster. You know, something that that you can feel. You know, if a guy's, you know, if he's always outside of the numbers, he's going vertical. You know, or if he's on the line, this is what he's doing. Uh, you know, if he's at number three, this is what he's doing. If he's close to the hash, this is what he's doing. So those are the type of things you kind of look at when you when you're um, yeah you know breaking film down. And uh, so, you know, and you try to try to, you know, pass that along to the players so they see it and be like, oh, hey, they're running this, you know, or hey, right here, he's at number three, he's running this, you know, so so they can play fast and, right. and have some anticipation of what they're going to get. So I know Tyreek Tyree Hill killed the Buccaneers early in the, you know, seven, eight weeks ago down here and it had it killed them. What um, obviously you can, there's different coverages to play on certain guys. When you're dealing with guys with speed, is it more of a zone concept? Or obviously, you need help over the top, or as opposed to guys like Devontae Adams that are more route runners, where they're not going to kill you with their speed. How do you? How does that play into how you guys create your coverages for a particular week? Well, it, it all it, it depends on, on a lot of different things. It depends on the whole the whole scheme of things, really, because the quarterback, you know, like you want to try to make the quarterback work in skies coverages and all that, and if you, you figure out the quarterback can't read coverage or he has a hard time seeing it, then you can do more things, but right. it just kind of depends, you know, there's, there's no, um, you know, you don't want to go into, going into a game. Okay. Well, against speed guys, we only play man versus right. slow guys. We only play zone, you know, like that, you know, you just kind of play off the whole thing and see how sure. it plays together and what you can do with the D line and the linebackers and the coverage to make it hard on, on everybody, you know, cause you're really ultimately you're playing against the quarterback. How much uh, more chal- how much more challenging has it been now with the advent of the of the mobile quarterback the last five six years with so many more guys are mobile can run can run they're running ro- zone zone reads RPOs all that kind of stuff how much more challenging has that made your job as a defensive backs coach? Oh, uh, it's hard. It makes it hard. You know all the little nuances and you know the mobile quarterbacks they extend plays and then you know instead of a a play being three seconds now it's seven six. seconds now it's eight seconds you know. Yeah. And that's just the longer you got to cover, you know, eventually somebody gets open, uh, you know, as, as long as these guys run around, you know, you're playing the, the you know, Patrick Mahomes, the, the Lamar Jacksons, the Russell Wilsons, you know, those type of guys, they, they make, they make it really tough on, on, on defenses, you know, like, I mean, they'll, they'll keep you up at, at night, you know, kind of trying to, trying to find a way to, to stop them, you know, or confuse them. Yeah, you know they, they will keep you up at night. Yeah, I mean, that's, that for, I mean, look at your looking at your season, that was probably one of your biggest wins of the year going to Seattle and really shutting down Russell Wilson. You know, your, your secondary doing a great job on Wilson and Metcalf and Lockett and those guys. That was to me, that was one of the great wins of the year for in the NFL was you guys going up there and beating Seattle. Well, we appreciate it. You know, it, it was a good trip for us and uh, really big win for us, big big confidence win and uh, you know and and and, and until any year we definitely started playing better so. Uh, that was a, a really, really huge win for us, you know. Uh, enjoyed that, you know, going up to Seattle and, and beating them, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple more things. We'll get you out of here. Talk to me about – we'll talk about your Giants season. Obviously, you were in it till week 17. You guys had a shot. Everybody was taking shots at the NFC East this year. In the world of coaching, nobody cares how you get in the playoffs, I would think. Just get in. <laughs> Just get in because, like you said, guys have done damage once they've gotten in. Who cares what the record is? Tell me about your Giants over, overview of your Giants season. First year of Joe Judge. Sounds like from all indications, he's done a great job with that team. And obviously you and the staff. Talk to me about your, you know, just your, your Giants here with Coach Judge. Well, uh, Joe's fun. Well, you know, I've, I've known Joe for a long time. We go back to GA days. We, we were GAs together at Mississippi State. So okay. I've known okay. Joe for a, a long time and, and just knew like he's going to be a phenomenal coach in this league. And uh, so I'm excited to see where we go. Uh, you know, obviously we got a lot of lot of things to work on, uh, but I mean, I think the future is bright. You know, without a doubt, the future is bright, and it's going to be good things. You know, Joe's a great leader. He's a great communicator. Uh, got great staff. I mean, yeah. it's you know, we all work together, and uh, you know, it's it's a team game. So we all you know, we play together as a team. We coach together as a team. And that's that's the name of it. We we, we stay together as, as a team. You know, and, and we ride together. 
you know, we ride together all the time. So that, that's, uh, you know, so the future's going to be bright. You know, we're going to have good things, good things coming. I mean, we you, just you gotta got to stay the course. Very good, you got very good pieces. You got Daniel Jones. You got Saquon Barkley coming back from an injury. You got the other thing you got is you got great ownership. They're probably, they're going to be patient. They're going to give you the, the resources. How important is it to be with an ownership group that provides the resources? I know you've been with Arizona, obviously you've been with the Giants. How important is that, that you know the resources are going to be there to do things you need to do, whether it's recruiting free agents, scouting, all that kind of good stuff that goes into being a quality football team? Well, ownership is just, just like, you know, the players, just like the coaches, they just, they want to win. So whatever it takes, uh, they're going to do their part, you know, like that's, that's the one thing everybody has a job to do, you know, so ownership has their job. We have, as coaches, we have our job, players have their job. So that's what, that's all we want to do is just do our job. So. What's, what's the biggest difference you, what's the biggest difference you've experienced over your career coaching pro players versus college players, grown men versus <laughs> growing men? <laughs> well, well, one's a little bit richer than the other, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know, it's not a not a whole lot of difference. You know, like uh, I think good players they really want to be coached, um, and they 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 take coaching. You know, sometimes they may not like it in the, in the moment, but they they truly respect it when when you coach them and you can help them get better. So, uh, you know, so I, I don't know if there's a really really big difference. You know, but but I, I do think good players really want to be coached, regardless if it's college, pro, high school. Yeah. You know, they you know they want to be coached. So that's. You know, I like I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, but yeah. what? Uh, all right, so this is probably the most from a, from a coaching perspective. Obviously, this had to have been the most challenging year of your career from from with COVID and all the all the limitations of being able to physically see guys and coach them and touch them and all that stuff. Talk to me a little bit about just the year in general with COVID and how how that's how tough that was and how just interesting that was for you as a coach. Well, well, it was definitely different. You know, you didn't have an off season, um, you know, no OTAs. So you couldn't get out in the spring and get on the grass and get some fundamental work done. So you had to be really creative. You know, it just challenged, it challenged coaches, challenged the building, uh, you know, from IT and security to everybody in, in, in the organization. It challenged everybody to be creative. And, uh, you know, so some of us are blessed and a curse, you know, like, you know, we're able to do this over Zoom now, you know. Right. Probably because of COVID, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, we probably wouldn't even be 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 talking right yeah, now right, like this, right? If it wasn't for COVID, so it just challenged everybody to be creative, you know, to think outside of the box, you know, um, you know, no idea was off limit, you know, um, you know, so it was it was, you know, kind of a blessing and a curse, if you will, you know, just from the creative aspect, you know, so a lot of things that you can do now, like you didn't think of a year ago this time, you know, right. so. Right, it's crazy. Well, man, I appreciate it, Anthony. You, you, you are very much an inspiration to me, man. You've had an awesome run. Keep up the great work. You're going to do a great job, and you're going to be a defensive coordinator one of these days, and you're going to be one of those guys that are rising through the ranks, and you're doing an awesome job, man. I really appreciate you joining me. And I appreciate you, brother. I love you, man. Good to see you, man. We'll catch yeah. up one of these days. Next time you come down, y'all play down this way, we'll definitely catch up, or we'll catch up in Birmingham one of these days, man. I appreciate the time. Hey, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks, Anthony. All I appreciate right. it. Have a great offseason. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed our talk with Anthony Blevins, assistant coach for the New York Giants. Anthony's a great dude and a rising star in the ranks of professional football coaching. Anthony's done a lot of great things at the college level. Been at the pro level for several years now and be on the lookout for Anthony as we move forward. All right, remember, you can check us out on Twitter at Sports. If you have any comments, suggestions, love to hear from you. Also, you can find us, remember, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Share it with your friends, family, your sports, your sports uh, co-workers and all. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms, you should be able to find this here on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Now we're going to break down the NFC and AFC championship games. Last week I was 3-1 and one against the number. I had Buffalo over Baltimore. I had the Bucks over New Orleans. I also had Green Bay beating uh, the Rams. And the only game I had Kansas City winning the game in a teaser, but I didn't have Kansas City covering the eight points. So 
I really went four for four, but as far as truly against the number, I was three and one. All right, first off, we have the AFC title game in Kansas City. Buffalo comes to town to see the Chiefs. Again, Kansas City kind of escaped last week. Patrick Mahomes injured, injured his foot early in the game, and then obviously he had the uh, issue where he got tackled on the option play, and he had the concussion-like symptoms that he had to be removed. Chad Henney came in the, to finish off the game. The huge fourth-and-one throw to Tyreek Hill that saved the day at about midfield at the two-minute warning, finished it off for the Chiefs. Looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play this week. It's not been official, uh, officially announced yet as of this broadcast, but all signs indicate that he's going to play this week in Kansas City. Again, you had a, a Kelsey with a good game, Tyreek Hill. The defense played well, and they will see Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills, who disposed of the Baltimore Ravens last week and Lamar. In a low-scoring defensive battle, 17-3 was the final. Josh didn't play great, but he played good enough. Um, I will tell you a little prop bet story. I had Stefan Diggs to score the first touchdown in the game last week at 10-1 to odds, and I was very fortunate. Hit that in the third quarter on the little wide receiver screen that he scored on. But Diggs is going to be a major factor in this game and somebody that Kansas City will have to deal with. Defensively for Buffalo, it's it's a matter of how you decide you want to play this game. Do you want to pressure, uh, go after Mahomes and his toe injury, or do you want to lay back and play zone and try to make him put seven, eight, ten play drives together? Remember, these two teams played back in Week Six. Buffalo ran the ball. I mean, Kansas City ran the ball down Buffalo's throat up in Buffalo. If you remember, it was some rainy conditions. Clyde Edwards-Helaire had a big game, and the entire rushing attack for Kansas City. I think it ran for well over 200 yards against Buffalo. The running attack is the is the weakness of the Buffalo defense. Who knows what the status of Edwards Hilaire will be, but Daryl Williams and Le'Veon Bell ran pretty well last week in the divisional round matchup. Um, if you're again, if you're Buffalo on offense, it's going to be a Josh Allen game. Do not expect to see a whole lot of the running game. Devin Singletary. You will see a lot of passing out of Buffalo. I believe they passed the ball like 19 or 20 out of their first 21 plays last week against Baltimore. This is going to be a game that's going to be won on Josh Allen's arm. Diggs, Beasley, um, John Brown, and the running and playmaking of Josh Allen is going to be the difference here if Buffalo is going to win the game. And they are not going to win this game on the ground, I do not believe. I don't think the weather's supposed to be too bad in Kansas City as well, so there should be good conditions for, for scoring, and I expect both teams to be in the high 20s. I do look for Kansas City. If Mahomes plays, Kansas City will find a way to win this game. I think it'll be a seven-point game. Right now, Kansas City's minus three points. I look for a 34-27 kind of game with the Kansas City Chiefs advancing to their second consecutive Super Bowl down here in Tampa. Remember, the Super Bowl is in Tampa, uh, my hometown where I'm at right now. Preparations are underway already at Raymond James Stadium. It's in a full uh, lockdown over there, tents up, signage up all over the place. So it's going to be a very exciting next couple of weeks here in Tampa, especially if my Tampa Bay Buccaneers can make history and become the first team to ever play in their own Super Bowl that they're hosting. And that opportunity is right in front of them Sunday as they head to Lambeau Field to see the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay last week disposed of the Rams fairly comfortably in Lambeau. Obviously, Jared Goff was, was still injured. The, the Ram defense did not play very well. The running attack for the, the, the passing attack for the Rams was very, was very, uh, uh, compromised because of the golf injury. Uh, he played pretty well, but he just couldn't push the ball down the field. Not enough playmakers for the Rams. No Cooper Cup last week. The running game did not get going with Cam Akers. And defensively, Aaron Donald was very much limited due to the rib injury the week before in the wild card game. And Rodgers just took advantage of that defense and, and decimated that defense with Devontae Adams and company. Um, Buccaneers went to New Orleans last week. A huge win. Had lost to New Orleans both times. 
Great job by the Buccaneer defense in the offensive line of the Buccaneers last week. Devin White was a man amongst boys at the linebacker position for the Bucs, the middle linebacker. Carlton Davis did a great job on Mike Thomas, and you really saw the effects of 42-year-old Drew Brees. The arm strength just wasn't there. He didn't have the ability to push the ball down the field. The Bucs intercepted him three times, forced a fumble on Jared Cook on a big drive in the, in the third quarter when the Saints were up 20-13. to 13. And Tom Brady and that running attack got going last week. They ran the ball very well with Fournette and Ronald Jones. Tom Brady played very well throwing the ball in the offensive line of the Buccaneers, which to me has been the biggest improvement the last six, seven weeks, has played really well and kept him very clean. That To me, this will be a major key in this game this Sunday, 3 o'clock, Buck and Aikman on Fox. If the Bucks keep Brady upright, again, I know it's going to be cold and potentially some snow, but Brady is used to the weather. There's enough guys on that offense that are used to the cold weather. Godwin's played in the cold weather. Look for the Buccaneers to score some points because this Green Bay defense is not great. Remember the Bucs, again, in week six, the same week that Kansas City and Buffalo played, the Bucs thumped Rodgers and the Packers 38-10 in Tampa. Rodgers' worst game of the year, two picks. One pick got taken back for a touchdown. The Buccaneer defense played really well. And again, if you're the Buccaneer defense this week, figure make somebody other than the Devontae Adams beat you. Will be more challenging this week because of the emergence of Bob Tanyan at tight end. Uh, Lazard and MVS are playing much better at wide receiver, the opposite of Adams. But again, it all starts with Devontae Adams. And pass protection for the Bucks on offense. And can they get a pass rush without having to blitz the house on defense? Um, I do not like the Bucks matchup if they're having to play a bunch of man-to-man coverage. So if you can get home with four or five rushers against Rodgers and at least put some doubt in his mind, there's a great chance that the Buccaneers can win this game. Remember the narrative here in Dominican Sue and Aaron Rodgers. No love lost between those two. Back to their days with Detroit. There was a little bit of a skirmish this week, this earlier in the year in Tampa. Roger, I mean, Sue had a personal foul late hit on Rodgers, sacked Rodgers a few plays later. No love lost there between Rodgers and Indomitian Sue. Um, so look for that matchup as well. And again, the running game for Green Bay. They're going to try to establish that running game with Aaron Jones, Dylan, and, and Jamal Williams. The Bucks are number one in the league against the, the run have been for most of the year, if not all the year. And again, Brady in the big moment here in the playoff games. This is Brady's 14th conference championship game of all. I mean, can you believe 14 times he's been in the title game? Nine and four record. This is the 18th year of his career that he's played in at least one playoff game. 18 years. He has more playoff wins than all but five franchises in the NFL. He's got 32 playoff wins, more than all but five franchises in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers in championship games. This is his fifth championship game. He's got a one and three record. Remember, they lost to San Francisco last year when Mostert and company ran the ball down their throat. They've lost to Seattle on the member the, the, the miraculous onside kick recovery by the Seahawks. They also lost to the Atlanta Falcons, the year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, that Brady turned around and made the 28-3 comeback against Atlanta two weeks later. So Rodgers is 1-3 in championship games. The first championship game he's had at Lambeau Field, which will help him. I think that's going to be a factor here. Obviously, the weather is going to be a little bit of a factor. Minimal crowd in Lambeau, so that won't be a major issue, which would it normally would have been had there been 70,000 people at Lambeau as long with the weather. But I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to advance to their first ever Super Bowl score of 34-26 is going to be the final. 34-26, Brady and company. The running game is going to be a major factor for the Buccaneers. Rojo, Leonard Fournette. And I think you're going to see some key catches by the non-primetime. You know what I think? You're going to see some Mike Evans. Jair Alexander is going to be matched up with Evans most likely. You will see some one-on-one -on -one out there with Evans. 
So I do look for, for Evans to have a nice game. And again, the third receiver options. Antonio Brown is questionable with a knee issue. Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Cameron Brait. The tight, the combination of Brait and Gronk. You'll see some, you'll, you'll see more Gronk and Brait in the in the formations this week if Antonio Brown is out. So look for the tight end matchups to be a key figure here against that Green Bay secondary. And again, the running game of the Buccaneers against the Green Bay defense is a little susceptible to the run. So Buccaneers 34-26 final. And give me Kansas City and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a Tampa Bay Super Bowl two weeks from this Sunday, Raymond James Stadium for a colossal matchup. Fox has got to be ecstatic with the matchup this week. There'll probably be 40 million people watching this game. Brady, Rodgers, first ever playoff matchup between the two. Huge ratings on Fox. There'll be a huge rating on uh, CBS as well with Mahomes and Josh Allen. Just a great weekend for football. Enjoy the football. Thanks for checking us out on the Powers on Sports podcast. And remember, Spotify, Apple, Google, let your friends know about us. We'd love to have them listen, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for your time. And we'll hear we'll talk to you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcasts.